1: Welcome to Mariella Meets. I'm Mariella Frostrup and each week I'll be bringing you a selection of the best interviews from our favourite guests, movers and shakers from the worlds of art and entertainment, politics, business, music and wider society. Dame Emma Thompson is one of the world's best known actresses, a screenwriter and also keen environmental activist. Sense and Sensibility, The Remains of the Day, Much Ado About Nothing, Howard's End and Love Actually are just a tiny handful of her notable screen credits in a dazzling 40-year career that seen her pick up Oscars for both acting and writing. She appears to have pulled off that rare trick of being both a star and one of us. She famously keeps her brace of Oscars in the downstairs loo. These days, she is as likely to be found at an Extinction Rebellion protest as she is on the red carpet. In her latest movie, Good Luck to You, Leo Grande, Emma stars as Nancy, a middle-aged widow and former RE teacher who, after a lifetime of unsatisfying conjugal relations with just the one man, her late husband, has decided to pay for discreet afternoon sex in an upmarket Norwich hotel room. Well, I spoke with Emma earlier and began by asking whether the bravery... many have associated with her part in the film and her taking the film resonated with her.
0: Maybe we should explain why. Um I mean I think that the the word brave would not be used if um I mean there's lots of brave things in in in, in the piece. I mean and Nancy expresses a lot of things that I think are quite edgy um amongst which numbers that the, the the notion of her not feeling um remotely satisfied as a mother that that she could have done other things and that she finds one of her children quite boring and the other one irritating that that somehow um her challenge to herself within herself of motherhood um is i think incredibly um well it's taboo actually um i think the the reason people are using the word brave is because i take my clothes off at the end and i don't have a Um, a a body that's either you know 20 years old but also it's not in hasn't been trained in a way to 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 shape it so that it's acceptable within our sort of what we what we expect I suppose um, to see because we don't see one another nude by any we're not we don't live in Germany where you can go to spas and be with other people, unisex, it's very sort of much more open in certain countries around the world. But we, like most countries, it has to be said, are quite um, shy about sharing nudity. And also we live in a cold country, so it happens rather less.
1: You know, as you've said, you know, you know, and it's, it's very clear that the nudity thing is a big issue because it is a film full of broken taboos, you know, and I think mm. that that to me, yeah. it was one of the really inspiring, exciting things about the film. And yet all of the, the fuss is around the nudity. How did you feel when you first knew that that was what you were going to do?
0: Well, everything's in the context of this character and this story is the point. So the journey towards it is, I mean, it's very important to point out that this is not the point The fact of the matter is this is a woman who's absolutely terrified about all the boundaries she's about to cross. She's chosen to try and do it. She tries to wriggle out of it many times. Actually, we see her. But the young man that she's hired, who's remarkably sensitive and compassionate and seems to understand because he's worked with lots of different clients who have lots of different reasons for needing his assistance and his skills, um... He persuades her in the end that she's actually decided that she wanted something and he helps her to achieve it. And I think that, I mean, that in itself, given the fact that what women want isn't of much importance really to anybody unless you can sell them stuff, which is mostly dieting, actually, since we started earning money, women, um, so, you know, a lot of the time what we're sold is ways in which we can improve ourselves because we're not right as we are. We never have been and we never will be. That's a lot of the marketing around women is all about that. And and I find that sad and sort of tragic, really, and a waste of our passion and our capacity. Yeah, she's in a deeply conflicted situation and watching her attempting to surmount the inner obstacles to this decision that she's made is i think why the the movie's so dramatic and interesting because by the end of it she's reached a completely different place and she's i suppose achieved a relationship with her body that is entirely new to her and i think quite rare
1: it is interesting what you said, you know, I've noticed now that menopause is finally being, you know, sort of brought in from the cold, something that, you know, I've been doing a lot of campaigning on, that, that, that mm. the biggest improvement to date is not one to really celebrate, which seems to be an avalanche of products to make you look better, you know, mm. and not necessarily feel better, but, you know, be more uh, palatable to the world at large I mean going back to, to to Nancy do you feel that she's representative of a particular generation of women who've had to to settle when it comes to sex I mean you left Lorraine Kelly blushing when you mentioned that 15 percent of women have never had an orgasm do you think that that's still true of upcoming generations or do you think it's something very much of our generation
0: I think it cro- it is cross-generational because I've spoken to a lot of women about it and some of them are in their twenties. And they say to me, you know, I, I certainly didn't masturbate or t- try anything like that until I was really quite old because I thought it was a bit, I don't know, I didn't feel comfortable with it. Um, I think we assume that the young generation are all up and at it and having a marvellous time. Um, and don't, I mean, don't assume anything. Talk to, talk to your children or to the older people. I mean, Yes, I recognise her because she is of my generation. I know a lot of teachers. I know a lot of women who um, tick all of those boxes, have been good wives, good mothers, and done their duty and done their jobs in society with huge commitment and dedication. And you do wonder whether, within all that, anything to do with their own pleasure has ever been considered or considered important. I mean, my grandmother's generation would have said, why do you want to know about me? I'm not important at all. What do you mean my pleasure? I don't know what that is. So maybe we've moved on a bit from that generation. And and she felt sorry for men. She said this to me. She felt sorry for men because they needed sex. And she, that, this is from a, uh, a working class rural background um, in the latter part of the 19th century, in the early part of the 20th century, all the way through. My mum's generation were also very held in, and and uh, my mum was Scottish, so it was even more Presbyterian, um, so organised religion has a great deal to do with our attitudes to sex across the world, actually. Then my generation, we hit the sexual revolution, which I think is a misnomer. I'm frankly, I, I'm not sure how great the sexual revolution was for women. I'm so glad we, you said that. And all about it, uh, but, uh, I'm not sure um, whether it benefited us in the ways that are loudly bruited these days. Um, It made us more available, I suppose, for sex because we weren't going to get pregnant. But um, I don't know, it also introduced something else which felt to me and feels to me now when I look back on it a little bit predatory and certainly which led, I think, directly to the sort of ladette 90s where women were supposed to be just like men. Now, for me, feminism is not about women becoming more like men. It's not about that. It's about finding our space, enlarging our space, um, and the ways in which we work in the world in order to balance things out. So, um, Nancy, who's, as she says, I didn't grow up in London, so I had no access to that kind of free, uh, But I mean, again, you know, you're only talking about a tiny section of London society people with money or people who've been decently parented, who have open minds. Like my mother, who took me to see a gynecologist when I was 15, an extraordinary woman, a pioneer in um, sexual um, safety measures, contraception, called Dr. Helena Wright, who was in her 80s when I went to see her, and who said, Why do you think the pill was invented? And I said, to stop people from getting pregnant, women from getting pregnant when they had sex. And she said, no, I want another answer. And I didn't know what she meant. And she said, it is in order that human beings may enjoy sexual pleasure without worrying that their will, responsibilities will come. This is an 83-year-old girl. She really girl, was before her time. a time, 15-year-old yeah. girl. Yeah, way, way before her time. So the thinking about this, of course, goes in leaps and bounds but i certainly would not assume anything about the young generation because they also have social media to deal with and they have very easily accessible pornography which whatever your response to pornography has been something that i've i've thought how are they dealing with that how is that possible to deal with i mean how is it possible for boys in schools now to talk about getting their brown wings that is to say getting the the chance to have anal sex with schoolgirls because that's that's what's online and that's what you're supposed to get I mean this is all going on in our schools as we speak now I don't think that that's um, a sexually safe or um, comfortable environment and if I were a girl now that would I would find that deeply threatening I mean what I th- feel like i 'm
1: observing around me and i 'm terrified of of sounding like i you know i 've gone the whole journey and turned into Mary Whitehouse, but what I see around me now, what I see with my seventeen year old daughter is 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 a world that's that 's increasingly sexualized but not in any way in the way that you explore in this film, which is about female pleasure, very much in the way of emulating pornography and I, I feel like pornography is is a really dark influence on our culture, and that we haven 't really delve deeply enough into how it's impacted on, you know, children growing up in its shadow with absolute ease and, uh, you know, total access to it. Uh, Do you feel likewise?
0: Yes, I do. Um, But I think that rather than focusing on the problems of pornography, it might be better for us, or more useful, indeed more possible, to um, start having much more intelligent and far-reaching conversations with young people about sex about pleasure about intimacy about where um these things reside in our minds in our bodies um spiritually where they reside include our conversations about sex in all our conversations that is to say that sex is an everyday part of life we've made it taboo and we've also industrialized it in order to sell it more easily um and whilst pornography is something that can be discussed, it's sort of a separate issue in some ways, because if we were having those discussions from an early age, um then we would understand what pornography was, and it would be possible for children to look at pornography and say, "Oh, that's pornography that's not what sex necessarily is or has to be I mean it's a part of our as a part of the map of our sexual proclivities, but um it's not something that I Need or necessarily have to use um, is not something that I might I might not find that in. But if there's nothing else, if there's no other discussion on offer, if there are no other versions of sexuality on offer, then it is not unnatural to think that that's what it must be.
1: No, and that's what they're getting is it, it, it in a sort of vacuum. I mean, it's interesting. You're talking about a, a, a more realistic view of 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 sex and and what it means and and you know, how one takes pleasure from it. Uh, we were talking at the beginning of, of this conversation about, you know, the bravery of taking the role. I actually think you did it because you got to spend, I think it was 12 weeks or something in a hotel room with Daryl McCormick, because I would have done it for that and no money and, and not even a release date for the film, frankly. But um, in, in the film, Nancy does feel a, a lot of guilt, especially early on about, about paying for a sex worker. And I wondered, um, if you'd had any concerns about the portrayal of a sex worker here because it's an incredibly benign um i mean benign in a good way um you know a, a
0: version of what
1: that job might be
0: obviously this this film is, isn't isn't about all sex workers it's about one sex worker um who's young m- male um and they have the conversation because Nancy's sort of well, I mean, she's horrified at herself. She teaches ethics. She's actually set questions on all of this is discussed in the film. So that's also what makes it so interesting that she's, um, she's dealing with issues that she's taught in the classroom for so long. And yet here she is much more the student, not necessarily of sex, but of an attitude towards sex that is hugely developed and, and understanding and humane we don't understand how complex our sexual desires are. They've been simplified to the point of banality and uh, they are in fact very complex and we have I think quite a lot of difficulty admitting to that and Leo, his understanding of his clients saying, you know everyone wants something different, everyone is different and everyone has different needs and what if you're too shy or what if you're disabled in some way that's what he seems to understand and so, yes, it is a benign version, um, but it's very clear why. You know, it's not a romanticised version. He's a very particular person. And he also says, look, you know, I've been slapped about a bit. You have to be careful. And I think that um, whilst obviously on the surface of it, of course, we absolutely have to legalise sex work because it's the only way to protect people who work within that, that industry. However, we can't romanticize that either because having worked a lot in the field of trafficking, I know that where sex work is legalized, it doesn't stop trafficking, but it does at least mean that people who have come into that profession for other reasons, that is to say they're not slaves they haven't been forced into it, um are are at least protected. But there's only so far that you can protect yourself if you're suddenly on your own in a room with a human being who's able to Oh, overwhelm and kill mm. you quite mm. easily. So or, that's why it's quite difficult to, because the level, the playing field isn't level. It's not like any other job from that point of view. And because the balance between the male and the female is so out of whack that, you know, were you to do this film the other way around, you would just be very worried
1: all the time. Well, it would be Pretty Woman, wouldn't it? With, with a lot less depth and gravitas.
0: You'd be terrified. So, you know, the, the fact is Nancy is the terrified, vulnerable person in the situation. And Leo is the one who's trying to help her, actually, and because he's interested in helping her and because he's genuinely interested in in pleasure, as it were, for its own human sake.
1: incredibly uh, resilient and, and gung-ho about these things and, and giving other women a sense that, that you know, they should all be really powerful and strong about it too. I wonder if in, in, in real life you feel as comfortable about taking on, uh, you know, those scenes, as comfortable in this one, uh, you know, standing there in front of the mirror. I mean, truly, and I will use the word brave, one of the bravest things I've ever seen an actress do and absolutely applaud you for it, to just be I mean, not you, obviously, to be your character, but to also be you, you know, standing there in front of a mirror, stark naked.
0: The film's not designed to encourage people to rush around taking their clothes off or to say to young actresses in particular, don't be afraid of sex scenes. Um, There's still a great deal to be done safeguarding young women in our industry. So absolutely, you know, we need... We need intimacy coordinators. We need, because the the abuse that's gone on and still goes on um, and the body shaming that still goes on is appalling. So we need all that and we need to keep reminding ourselves of that. I mean, I was safe because I'm old enough to manage myself and because I was with an extremely, an exceptional group of people. Our director, Sophie Hyde, helped Daryl and I, because Daryl also has to, take his clothes off and again we assume just because he's young and beautiful that this is easy for him but it's not it's absolutely not it's um it's very exposing and so in order to find our way
1: but he's not breaking the... taboos like you Emma and that's what i think is so extraordinary about this film is that you do confront you know in many ways what for for a lot, a lot of women would be their deepest fear their their greatest you know shame or embarrassment and you do it. I
0: don't know whether a naked older woman is, is taboo. I think it's just not seen. Mm-hmm. I, think it's I would say it's, it's taboo and
1: that's why it's not seen. And I, I mean, I'm not arguing that it should be tab- taboo. I think exactly the opposite. But I think... I think it's just it's... not
0: wanted. I think people just go, I don't want to see her naked. I want to see her naked. So it's to do with the marketplace, I think, more than necessarily. I mean, nudity per se... Isn't something that we find very easy, as we, we were saying earlier on. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, it was um, it was difficult, but but at the same time, because it comes at the end of a very long and intimate conversation between two people. I mean, I think that's one of the most extraordinary things about the film as well is that Nancy is eased towards uh, and a relationship with her body through talk, through conversation. And we forget that that sex and sexual intimacy is often deeply tied up with the way in which we talk to one another, that the erotic can be contained in you know a well-placed word as well as a well-placed hand. And I think one of the most erotic things about the film is the delicate way in which um, Leo seeks consent from Nancy. Uh, that, that somehow him saying, is this all right? Is this okay? And her, yes, becomes a kind of sexual response, actually. Um, and it's very delicate because really beautiful aspect of sex is, is how delicate it can be. And you know, when I was growing up and watching sex scenes, everyone always looked so angry while they were having sex. They just looked furious. I thought, oh my, is that really? And there was never any laughter. There was never any smiling. There was never any moment of let up. It was like a sort of, it was all performative. And I think for women, sex, it's encouraged that, you know, we've just somehow got to perform our pleasure. We have to make it very clear to the person who's supposed to be pleasuring us, whoever they are, that we're, we've got to sort of perform it so that they know though they're doing it right, you know, it's somehow not possible to just go inward and be protected and internal about it. And I think a lot of sexuality is a very internalized thing.
1: You mentioned about younger women, particularly still needing protected and, and so on. You were one of the sort of pioneering voices when it came to the, the Me Too movement. And I wondered how much you think things have changed in the wake of it. I mean, there was such a sort of huge hashtag furore. But ultimately, do you think that that deep down there has been a seismic shift?
0: No, um, but I think that I think that our awareness now is is greater. I think, for instance, that this film would have had a very different aspect and feeling before the Me Too movement um i think that no shift is seismic when it comes to this kind of is the depth of the the, the changes that need to happen it's it's not going to be seismic you know we're all caught between the sort of tectonic plates of patriarchy religion where so much of our intimate lives are crushed crushed so um it's going to take a, a long time and many many movements I mean, you know, the meeting movement came at the end of many, many movements, and we've touched on some of those: the sexual revolution, the development of, of the pill, even the the whole notion that women should have pleasure at all, which is really quite new, um, in people's thinking, and doesn't exist in 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 the majority world at all. I mean, I've been and talked. I've spent many months of my life talking to women in other parts of the world, where you know they would just laugh at us, you <laughs> know. It's incredible that you're even having this conversation. So, I mean, I think that should be something that we acknowledge and um, and celebrate. We're having this conversation with two older women talking about sexual pleasure to do with older women. We're talking about bodies, um, the the acceptance of the body, the fact that we have industrialized the images of our bodies and they and thus made them utterly unpalatable unless they look a particular way, and that's very unhealthy. I mean that's one of the things that's interfered with sexual pleasure more than anything because if you're not comfortable in your body how can you enjoy sharing it with yourself or with anyone else if you're dealing with this internalized hatred and disgust and um uh, discomfort why don't you tell me what
1: you want viewers to take away from this film because it's not just an entertainment
0: i want them to laugh and and enjoy and be delighted and tickled by it because it's very funny and it's very warm and it's very human and I suppose I'd love them to take away what I took away from the actual job which was um, a real understanding of how to accept ourselves as we are and take pleasure in ourselves as we are. I think that it's it, it's inspiring from that point of view and I hope that everyone leaves and has very good sex, for at least the rest of the day.
1: Thanks for listening to Mariella Meets with me, Mariella Frostrup. There'll be more from the podcast next week, so make sure to download the free Times Radio app to never miss an episode. And don't forget, you can catch the live edition of my programme every Monday to Thursday, 1 till 4 on Times Radio. Catch you next time.